This podcast is proud to be part of the Blueberry Network. That's blueberry with no E's dot com. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to Transpersonal Radio with Angela Lynn Gibson. Remember, your thoughts upload your reality. Think wisely and always prepare to ignite. Welcome. Welcome to Transpersonal Radio. Transpersonalradio.com. Real talk for real life. Inspiring podcasts. Exploring personal empowerment. empowerment. And transformation. Through parapsychology, spirituality, and how your thoughts Up. upload your reality. And now your host, Angela. Angela L. Gibson. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash transpersonal radio. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello, Transpersonal Radio listeners. I'm excited about today's interview. We have a special treat for you that touches on a topic of great interest to me. As an intuitive medium, I am intrigued by others who are able to channel or connect with disembodied spirits and entities on the other side. I hope you find this interview as fascinating as I do. Some of you may be familiar with the spirit entity who identifies himself as Seth. In the 60s, 70s, and 80s, Jane Roberts, a psychic and spirit medium, channeled messages from him and wrote her book, Seth Material. In late 1963, Jane and her partner began experimenting with an Ouija board, and Jane began receiving coherent messages from a spirit who identified himself as Seth. Jane continued communicating with Seth through the Ouija board for several more sessions until she eventually began channeling communications from Seth via transmediumship. For the next 21 years, Jane had over 1,500 trance sessions where she channeled information on Seth's behalf. The last time Seth was heard from was 1984, until now. My guest today is Mark Allen Frost. Mark has a master's in counseling psychology and has authored 11 books to date by channeling the spirit entity who calls himself Seth. Mark explains that Seth can teach you how to create positive realities, heal yourself, create abundance, find love, discover your mission, and manifest your highest potential in this lifetime. Mark, welcome. Thank you for being here today. It's a pleasure, Angela. Mark, you have your master's degree in counseling psychology. Were you a mainstream counselor before getting involved in the metaphysical or paranormal world? Well, when I first uh, met Seth, yes, I was a counseling intern at uh, Dominican University in Santa Fe. Uh, I also had regular clients in my clinical hypnotherapy practice off campus, uh, and it was in my little hypnotherapy office that I first met Seth. So you could say that, yes, I was uh, sort of a mainstream and alternative uh, counselor uh, when I met Seth. Excellent. We know that Jane Roberts was using using a Ouija board when she first started communicating with Seth. Have you ever used a Ouija board, and did you ever use a spirit or talking board to communicate with Seth? The, the Ouija? No, mm-hmm. I've never used that. Um, my sister and I experimented with it uh, back when we were kids, yeah. and she was she was very good at it. Oh, excellent! Uh, but I was so, I was sort of um, 
I guess I was scared of it. <laughs> uh, as are a lot of people. A lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, just a side note, uh, there, there's such a debate about Ouija boards, and and for me, when I talk about Ouija board, I it's it's simply a tool. It's it's cardboard and or, or wood, same as you would have paper tarot cards, whatever. It's just a tool. But I think what happens is people go into it expecting something bad to happen, or they go into it with fear, and of course, you whatever you think you manifest, right? Exactly. So you said that Seth first appeared to you when you were doing your uh, intern in counseling and you were doing some hypnotherapy sessions. So that's how Seth first made his appearance to you was through a, a hypnotherapy session. Yes, there's a story there. I, um, well, it was in uh, March of uh, 2002. I was seeing a client in my hypnotherapy practice. Um, she was interested in past lives and I had a uh, a mentor at the university who was steeped in the alternative traditions of healing, including uh, shamanistic healing and so on. And he he said, uh, well, take the client and I'll guide you through it. So he gave me some information on how to help a client explore past lives. And when Cass Smith came in, Cass is the name of the client, mm-hmm. um, I did some elementary regressions on her, gave her some suggestions to visit past lives, and she very successfully, it seemed, uh, visited a past life in which she was in the Roman Colosseum uh, being devoured by a uh, lion. Oh, my. And, and so I sort of panicked and said, well, you don't have to experience it. Project your consciousness out and tell me what you see. And she proceeded to uh, give a blow-by-blow detail about what was going on, uh, and it turned out to be very therapeutic uh, for her. Uh, as, as for me, I, I was saying to myself, well, it looks like I'm going to um, collaborate in some sort of book on past lives with this person. That was the information I was getting. Um, but what happened was, uh, and this is the life-changing event. Um, we made an appointment to meet again and explore this past life stuff. Uh, and in the interim, she phoned me up and said, uh, do you know of somebody named Seth? And I said, yeah. Uh, I was a student of Seth uh, for 20 years. Uh, what about Seth? She said, he's interrupting my meditations. <laughs> And saying he wants to write books again. Oh, interesting. And I got, I got very excited and said, well, bring him in and we'll try to pull him into this reality with hypnosis uh, in, in trance. Uh, so she did come in. Uh, I did a few regressions, gave her a few suggestions, asked Seth to come in. And in a couple of minutes, he, uh, he came in. Wow. Uh, Cast, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> Cast that in a very deep voice. She's a female with sort of a light voice. Uh, I'm here. Um, I said, Seth? And he said, I'm here, Mark. You asked for me, I'm here. <laughs> you so rang? I was sort of, you rang, yes, about that. Uh, yeah, it's very much like that. It's like the genie answer. <laughs> um, and so... I gave him a few, 
asked a few questions confirming whether uh, it was DSAT. I said, are you Jane Roberts, Seth? Indeed, I am, he said. Uh, I asked him about the nature of his reality. Uh, how does he perceive of himself? How do we look to him? And so on and so on. I asked a few questions about Robert Butts. Uh, and he or, or she uh, gave immediate uh, comprehensive answers to these questions. Excellent. And for our listeners who might not be familiar with the history of Seth and Jane Roberts, uh, Robert Butts uh, was her, I believe, her second husband. And those were the two that were working with the Ouija board when Seth first came through. Is that correct? That's quite correct, okay. yes. Excellent. Now, why do, you th- why do you believe Seth chose you or chose Cass? Well, it was, let me put it this way, uh, in retrospect, I can see, uh, but in the moment, uh, I was bamboozled hmm. and sort of awestruck, and I was in that altered state for weeks. Uh, but over time, I've come to see why, and um, uh, the reasons are, I think, that Seth, he wanted to return and to write books uh, simplifying his theories. In his mind, uh, he was a little too complex and inaccessible in the original Seth material. And so he returned to create books with new collaborators to appeal to a broader audience, is the way he put it. Well, that makes a lot of sense because we know throughout history human consciousness has continued to evolve to different levels. And I can imagine, so I, I did watch several of Jane Roberts, uh, the, the actual footage from the 70s when she was channeling Seth, and I can imagine even for that time, it was a little bit ahead of its time. And we've, you know, since the 70s, I think it's safe to say that we've evolved quite a bit through all of the events that we've experienced uh, and then also you know, the, the whole idea of moving into the Aquarian Age after post, uh, you know, 21st December of 2012. So it makes sense that we would need to revisit information that we might have a better understanding of and also information that you can relay in a way that's more in layman's terms. Exactly. Um, additionally, I had sort of this a natural skill set that would enable me to do the project. I was... Uh, I was this guy in grad school, and I was immersed in uh, the alternative therapies such as hypnosis and that type of thing. I had a history of reading his books. Uh, I was this dedicated CES student for many years, but I sort of put them on the shelf for many years also. So it was uh, it was perfect. Also, I was in this academic situation where I had to write papers uh, on psychology and so on. And so that sort of shines through in these new books uh, with Seth. They have a psychological aspect. Whereas with Jane, there was more of a poetic uh, mm-hmm. writing, uh, um, not so much a feminine touch, but there is a definite difference. Excellent. And, you know, one of the things that really excites me about this, Mark, is I might have been a little more skeptical if... I would have known your history and, you know, you were a student of Seth's for 20 years. And so how do we know it's just not sort of, you know, suggestion or you kind of 
drawing out what you had learned, but for Seth to have appeared with one of your clients who underwent hypnosis with you one time to have appeared to her, I'm sure she never heard of Seth. She had no idea who this person was. So it's really, really interesting that Seth chose that route. It's almost as if it was a, what what we, when I'm doing mediumship, we talk about points of validation. It's almost a point of validation for, for him to appear to someone who had no knowledge of him prior. Yes, exactly. That's the way I put it also. Uh, when people ask me, well, um, how do you know it's him? Um, is this a hoax? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's what's saying. Uh, it's, it baffles me because um, I'm talking from my own experience. Cass walked into my uh, little office. Seth uh, opened her eyes as uh, Cass and looked me in the eyes. And her, her eyes were literally all pupil. Wow. And, iris, and said, you, you asked for me, Mark. I'm hmm. here. That's fascinating. And gives me all this, all this validation. So it is, um, yeah, I'm already convinced. Mm-hmm. It did take me a few weeks to uh, consider the enormity of that contact, however. Well, that's one of the questions I had for you. You know, when Seth first appeared to you, what was your initial reaction? And did it take a few times before you believed it? I mean, were you ever skeptical and, you know, question whether it was all real? Yeah, the, um, the previous reading of his material set me up for a a gradual letting go of uh, what he calls the uh, ego intellect. Mm-hmm. The ego intellect aspect of me wanted to find something wrong with it. Uh, because I didn't want to, at the time, I thought I was going to be this uh, marriage and family therapist with a specialty in hypnotherapy. And I thought uh, it was going to upset my life in some way. Uh, but it, once I put that, once I put my plans on the side and allowed his communication stream to come in, uh, and he told me what he had in store for me, um, I let go of all all of that stuff and accepted it on sort of a soul level. Well, I think that in of itself is a great lesson for all of us because our ego intellect tends to steer us off course more often than we'd like to admit. Yes. Seth's books with us are all about how to remove those barriers to uh, soul and a clear appreciation of uh, the personal reality that you're creating. I love it. Do you think Seth will choose others to channel his messages as well? Well, according to him, uh, he does that. He communicates with uh, a multitude, as he said, of humans um, in this time frame and others through uh, tel- telepathy. Oh, fascinating. Uh, does yeah, he, he calls these, does, does he identify himself as Seth, or does he just, so is it sort of like a spirit guide or, or something like that? To some, he does, and they call him Seth and so on. Uh, to most, however, he acts... Uh, in accordance to the belief system of the individual. Uh, so if one individual might think that they're talking to an angel, let's say. So they, he assumes an angel form. Uh, and according to what he's told me and 
uh, material that I've read, uh, that's very often what happens with these uh, non-physical beings. Uh, they're there the way you want them to be so that you can take them in without fear. That makes perfect sense. Uh, and I actually explain a similar concept when I'm talking about mediumship. It's, uh, you know, what I like to say is whether you call it witch energy or angel energy or just, you know, scientific quantum theory, we talk about it in a framework that is able to fit within your own paradigm so that you can take in the information. So what was your belief in or your experience with the world of the paranormal before your interaction with Seth? Well, I would say that um, I was immersed in the paranormal uh, from the time I was about seven um, on. I used to, uh, in my youth in Ogden, Utah, I used to live in the local library, uh, this Carnegie Library that had pillars out front, a classic mm -hmm. library structure. So I thought of it as my study, and I would go in there and read these books uh, on urban legends, the paranormal. Uh, I was fascinated with flying saucers, ghosts. Um, I really loved this series of books called um, Stranger, the Strange Books, Stranger Than Science. Stranger, oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Strange, Stranger Than Strange, and so on. Yes. Uh, which were basically urban legends, ghost stories, and, and that type of thing. But I just loved that stuff, and it uh, resonated with me. It... Um, stimulated my consciousness, I think. Absolutely. Um, also, I was interested in reincarnation, and I think at that time, I was still in touch with uh, past lives. Um, some some kids uh, retain those memories and resist the socialization process and resist the efforts of their parents to <laughs> let go of that material. Exactly. And I was one of those kids. It took me a long time to uh, forget about that or be forced to forget about it. But yeah, I've been uh, interested in the unusual uh, for many, many years. I love it. I have as well. It's it's just part of who I am. And every time I try to run from it or hide it or repress it, it just has a way of popping up again. So, oh, yeah. so tell, tell us a little bit, Mark, tell us a little bit about what your life was like before Seth and how your life has changed since Seth has come into your life. Well, let me see. Um, before Seth, uh, well, I was living in Sausalito, California, uh, with my girlfriend, Carol, who's now my wife. We were having fun. We had our cats. We, we were and are obsessed with cats. So <laughs> it was a pretty cat-like existence. I was in grad school, and I thought I was headed for this life, as I said, as a MFT with a specialty in hypnotherapy, um, and that was my main focus. I was an academic. Uh, I had no idea that this alternate reality was going to come uh, whisk me away. It was a pretty uh -huh. idyllic existence. So this is interesting because you have described that you've been interested in the paranormal since you were seven, but it seems it was just more academic. And when it actually became a reality for you, that, that shifted everything. Oh, yeah. It shifted everything dramatically, yeah. Uh, a 180, I would call it. 
Um, do you want me to talk about that? Oh, absolutely. So, so before Seth, you're you're still sort of you have this plan, and we all know what happens when we make plans. But you have this plan that you're going to be an MFT. You're hanging out with your girlfriend that that becomes your wife, and you're having you know it sounds like sort of you know quote unquote a normal life, and you you have your cat family, and everything's kind of good. Exactly. So what happened was um, I became. Um, in the course of a few weeks, I became the channel for Seth and not an MFT, but uh, obviously I used the skills that I learned in school uh, in my practice with uh, counseling people over the phone and in person as Seth. Um, and being the voice of Seth uh, who offers his guidance to people all over the world, it means that we are part of this um, international family a Seth family of people from all different uh, cultures who call Seth and get advice from him and we learn about them, we become friends. Uh, 90% of them we have never met but you get a feeling for people uh, over the phone and um, it is, it's a unique way to uh, spend a life, I think. Absolutely, I agree. It's one of the most unique ways for for sure. Tell us a little bit about your experience with channeling before your interaction with Seth. Have you ever done any channeling or mediumship work before Seth, or was this sort of your maiden voyage? Well, I had read a few books on how to channel, and I was just not very good at it. So those books went up on the shelf where they remain uh -huh. to this day. I'm looking at one right now. <laughs> so this is truly, truly a special connection and a special experience that you have with Seth. Yes, quite true. Um, it's not destiny, but it's, um, it's a tendency, apparently, that I have in all my lives. Um, as you know, Seth espouses a reincarnational uh, motif for humans. He thinks that we all live many, many lives, um, past, present, and future. Mm -hmm. And apparently people like us, uh, he calls us his people, the Seth entity, human counterparts, uh, the magicians, shamans, witches, and healers of all types. Uh, we're always doing this. We're always looking for truth. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're always trying to explain it to other people. Yes. Uh, and we're always trying to train people to see what we see, to see our visions. Uh, so in all my lives, I'm always doing this. Um, that's just the way it is. I, I've begun to uh, experience the truth of that through um, what Seth calls bleed-throughs, uh, momentary visions of what's going on in your other lives. And he's right. I'm uh, Apparently, I've been punished severely in other lives for mm. uh, witchcraft and that yes. type of thing. You and me both. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, to this day I have uh, uh, these nightmares where I'm being, uh, well, I don't want to get into it. It's pretty gory. Mm, <laughs> but, yes. but according to Seth, that's a bleed through in another existence, uh, which occurs uh, simultaneously. Uh, that's why we can tune into these other existences, because everything happens at once. Mm -hmm. And so in meditation or trance, you can tune into these other lives. Exactly. Which I do frequently. 
Exactly. And that's similar to how, as you know, or, you know, you probably know that's similar to how mediumship works is, is all the parallel uh, existences, being able to get into a theta state of mind that you can tap into that energy and that, that source of information. So Exactly, yes. For those that find this sort of foreign territory, how would you best describe Seth? Now, you touched on it earlier because you said he sort of, he, he uh, is able to appear to various people in ways that they can understand, but if you were to describe his true form or, or who he really is, what would you call him? Would you would you call him an angel or a disembodied spirit or a light being? And and where is he from? You know, is he from this universe or a parallel universe? Tell us a little bit about who Seth really is. Well, let me try it. Uh, who is Seth? Well, I would say that, uh, well, one way to describe it is... Um, about the second week of receiving his transmissions in my little hypnotherapy office, uh, I asked him, what is your form? What do you look like? And uh, he says, well, give Cass a pencil and paper and I'll, I'll draw uh, a self-portrait. Oh. <laughs> so he did. And uh, it's, uh, it's actually on the cover of our second book, uh, the next chapter in the evolution of the soul. He's a light body. And uh, his little self-portrait amounts to a, a, a cross of squiggly lines representing uh, energy, light energy. I love it. Uh, specifically, love light. <laughs> he maintains that uh, the love light matrix is the uh, scaffolding, the foundation of all realities. So we are this love energy. Uh, and he calls himself, he calls himself that. Uh, he also calls himself an energy personality essence. Uh, as uh, our listeners may remember uh, in his work with Gene Roberts, he called himself an energy personality. Uh, but with my work with him, I'm finding out what that means. It means that he has had these many, many lives. Uh, and he is an uh, educator and a philosopher. So he wants to make himself known uh, to humans in a friendly fashion. And so he takes uh, various aspects from the personalities of his lives and creates this amalgam, uh, a light body, energy personality of a sort of grandfatherly type, a friendly grandfather. Uh, is what he's trying to put forth so that people will resonate, uh, open up, and receive his messages. I love that. So, uh, an en energy personality essence. Uh, he also calls himself a light being now. Um, and he says he exists in the fourth, fifth, sixth dimensions and beyond. Right. So, he's traveling out of uh, these systems to become. Um, I don't want to get into it, but it's <clears throat> uh, the higher dimensional realms is where he's headed. Okay. Uh, I really, really love that description because, you know, in my studies looking, looking back at the information, at one point they were accusing Jane Roberts of having brought forth a demon through the Ouija board and that this Seth entity was, a, was actually a demon. And 
You know, it's there's no way that you could ever convince me that a demon would come through and say, yes, I'm love energy and I'm here to better mankind. And I mean, it's just like the antithesis of demonic energy. And I'm so glad that you're helping to educate that the Seth energy has nothing to do with evil or leading people astray. Quite the opposite. I agree. It's um, these... Um descriptions that he's a, a demon and so on are born in uh, fear mm-hmm, exactly uh, fear confusion um, and um, I think each one of us uh, those of us that are attracted to uh, the non-physical beings uh, have to uh, we have to have our sanctuary intact first of all you have to have sacred space when you do these uh, uh, explorations, because there is the uh, um, <clears throat> there is a sort of danger that uh, what Seth calls the uh, negative entities uh, can come in and give you uh, negative information. Exactly right. That what I call lower frequency uh, entities. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is not that. He is definitely who he says he is, and he is composed of uh, love. Excellent. There's there seems to be some debate, and I I know you you you've been fielding this since you started this work in 2002. There's been debate over whether the Seth you're channeling is in fact the same Seth that spoke to Rupert, which is Seth's pet name for Jane Roberts. And you said that you asked several questions to confirm to your satisfaction that it is in fact Seth. So could you get a little bit more in depth there about how you were able to, to your satisfaction, verify Seth's identity? Yes. Well, when I, when Seth spoke to Cass, uh, he gave me a great deal of confirming data so that I would be comfortable. This was to counter my fears that uh, Cass was a multiple personality uh, person, that she was uh, coming up with a uh, personality fragment that uh, was not Seth. Uh, And so he convinced me, basically, by telling me uh, information about myself that no one else would know, uh, by telling me information about Jane that no one else would know, that I've never seen uh, in print, uh, and even information about what Jane is doing currently. I, apparently, uh, she is still a student of Seth, and they communicate. And she's in another system of reality in which she is uh, writing and exploring. I love it. And and I'm I'm going to guess here, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to guess that uh, Cass, when she was in her hypnotic state, in her hypnotic trance, that she was actually even able to tell you identifying information about Seth from, you know, 20 years ago that Cass herself wouldn't know or be able to make up because she had no prior knowledge of Seth. Oh, yeah. That's the big validity uh, confirmation thing for me. Uh, Cass had no idea who Seth was. Uh, and indeed, uh, as Seth would say, uh, when we published the first book and she became aware of who Seth was and the <clears throat> some of the problems that Jane and her husband would have with uh, 
uh, over-eager Seth fans coming mm. in, camping out on their back porch, wanting to know the latest word from Seth, uh, she became concerned because she was this uh, artist's mother uh, living in Northern California, valuing her privacy over everything else, mm-hmm. and didn't want that to be disturbed. Um, she wanted to be left alone to raise her uh, daughter, her teenage daughter. And so she put me uh, out there as the, uh, <clears throat> I guess you'd call it the publicity person, uh, the face of the Seth uh, project. Uh, and so I said I would take this information and put it in books and then uh, go on lectures and describe it to people and so on. And she would remain in the background. Uh, but as it turned out, uh, even that was, uh, she didn't want to do even that. And so she dropped out of the project uh, at the publishing date of the first book. Wow, okay. Yeah. A little stressful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did watch uh, the YouTube videos of your hypnotherapy sessions with Cass Smith, where she was channeling Seth while in a hypnotic trance. And the, the initial uh, experience there for those who are listening who don't know, that was in 2002. So let's go back there for a moment when, and because it was cute, I was listening to the very first one and I, when Seth came through for the first time and I could hear a little consternation in your, in your voice, it was just kind of like, wow, is this really happening? So take us back there for a moment and tell us about how you were feeling and kind of what was going through your mind as this was unfolding before you. Well, it was a mind blower. It was um, it was awe-inspiring, um, but as I said, at first I thought it was a, an elaborate prank um, perpetrated by my colleagues at the university, and perhaps by my professor. Um, you never know what's going on there. <laughs> and I was I was approaching graduation, so I thought, boy, this uh. is perfect. So well done. They know I'm. They know I love Seth. This is. Uh, this is the best prank ever. Oh, wow. Uh, but uh, as you can, well, actually, you can't see my face in the videos, but I was in an altered state also during all this, all these Seth sessions because, um, as Seth mentions in one of the videos, he put the information, uh, the words and phrases in our consciousnesses while we slept so that when we met uh, in waking reality, I would know the right questions to ask, and Cass would be able to have the answers right there. That's amazing. Uh, so it's a altered state for everyone involved. And I'm glad that you also brought up that you were cognizant enough to ask the right questions to make sure that Cass wasn't just distributing or, excuse me, exhibiting multiple personality disorder or or any any mental disorder, you were able to identify this as an actual paranormal event. That's quite true. Uh, there's a little story behind that, too, because the, the day that uh, Seth came through, I was in my uh, little office off campus uh, with her and Seth, uh, so we closed up the office, and I went out for lunch. Um, I had three run-ins with uh, people who you 
might say had uh, exhibited uh, the symptoms of multiple personality disorder. Um, wow. <laughs> it was odd. It was odd. In one day, yes. Uh, in one day. It was like yeah. little crumbs, little cookie crumbs that says, uh, says okay, when this event is is going to occur with Seth, this is like Seth saying, when you actually talk to me, you're going to know that it's not multiple personality disorder because I'm going to put all these cookie crumbs here to show you what that's really like. <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. And another validation thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and another uh, way to describe how Seth... Uh, comes into your consciousness. Um, I can say your consciousness because, uh, yes, I'm writing a book with Seth, but he also, he maintains that he is uh, within the consciousnesses of many, many, many people. Uh, So when he comes in, it's sort of a subtle thing, and he never comes in uh, unasked. Uh, You have to be open and you ask for the connection, and he comes in. So uh, on that day, I received this little uh, tingling, uh, an indication that something unusual is going to happen, yes. and then the unusual thing happened. Um, it's that way to this date. It's, it's so Seth is saying, okay, be on the lookout for unusual phenomena. <laughs> and, and then it happens. I love it. I love it. So I'm, I'm guessing since Cass decided to remove herself from the project that she probably no longer channels Seth. And now you are channeling Seth directly. So can you tell us how that transition occurred? I mean, was this, uh, did Seth already know this was going to occur ahead of time? And one of the things, again, that I come back to is it's almost like Cass was a placeholder to make the connection between you and Seth? Yes, that's the way I look at it also. Again, I didn't know that until after the fact, but, and after the fact, uh, this is uh, two years in, uh, I asked Seth and he said, well, yes, Mark, if I told you what was in store for you, uh, probably, he always talks about the probable future. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have free will, Absolutely. but there's a, there are tendencies, uh, and so the tendency for me was to maybe uh, jump ship uh, because that was uh, my history. Uh, well, that, <laughs> that's way that makes sense. Yeah. And so he said, and so uh, we kept it under wraps. He said, I knew that Cass was going to drop out and pursue other uh, spiritual practices. Uh, and I thought that that might uh, cause you to jump ship again. Okay. Um, but because apparently, and this is this gets kind of interesting, I think. Um, Cass and I uh, made this appointment in other lives, and we made the appointment uh, to do a project with Seth after we were in our fifties. Because prior to the 50s, our lives would be in uh, turmoil, basically. Okay. <laughs> I used to, I used to uh, drink a lot to the degree that it, uh, uh, well, it upset my life and my relationships quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Seth wanted to make sure that I was in uh, a stable state before he broadcast to me. Well, that makes and, sense because that's, you know, that's not only 
you, you have to be clear of mind to get the messages and to, to translate the messages correctly, but also there's a credibility issue as well, right? So, Oh, yes, mm -hmm. definitely. That makes sense. So, so you and Cass actually made this agreement before you even came into physical form in this lifetime that at some point you were going to begin or embark upon this project. That's right. I love it. Yeah. He calls it keeping appointments with uh, soul family members. Oh, very she, nice. She, she's in my soul family, and I'm in hers, and, and all of our lives we meet uh, in different bodies of different sexes, of different sexual orientations uh, and belief systems, and we uh, learn our lessons together. He calls it the soul family relationship. You've been listening to part one of two with Mark Allen Frost, Seth Returns. Be sure to tune in to part two. Hey, I want to give a shout out to Steve Schoen, an accomplished professional voice actor and audio producer who created my new intro and outro for Transpersonal Radio. Steve is based out of the Sacramento, California area. If you'd like to hire Steve for voiceover work, you can find him at soundsofmyvoice.com. That's sounds with an S, soundsofmyvoice.com. Steve is also an event entertainer and wedding DJ. If you want to liven up your event with a truly talented and fun personality, check out sacramentoweddingdj.com. You can also find Steve on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash steve.shown. That's S-C-H-O-N. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Trans Transpersonal Radio. If you'd like to suggest a future future topic or be a guest, visit transpersonalradio.com. Call the hotline at 619-800-6057 or, or like our page, facebook.com slash transpersonalradio.